today's episode is one of the most interesting conversations I've, I've ever had, and uh, I'm so glad it was recorded. Shane Stott is our guest today, and what a compelling, fascinating conversation and insight into Shane's journey in the float community and just his life in general. I really can't wait for you guys to listen to this one. Of course, before we get started, I do want to give a couple shout outs. One to Float Helm, of course. We love Float Helm at Art of the Float and the Float Shop. Uh, it is <laughs> it is, it is, is what keeps us running. We had a kind of, a, I guess you could call it a training issue with uh, maintaining our float tanks. And we we're actually able to go in and check hydrogen peroxide levels, uh, what they were, how much was added, and identify the employee that was having issues um, with uh, how to add hydrogen peroxide, how to measure it. And yeah, like where else can you do that? (laughs) You can keep an Excel spreadsheet on your computer as well. Why not just have all these logs built into what you're using to schedule your clients, schedule your employees, all that uh, payroll periods, all of that's in there running great reports. It's all in Helmbot. Can't, uh, Can't promote these guys enough. We really believe in them. Helmbot.com is where you want to go. And like I always say, don't take my word for it. Go ahead and schedule a free tour. Have them walk you through everything and make sure they meet all of your needs. I'm confident that they will. Also, a big shout out to the FTA, the Float Tank Association. These guys are helping the community, the float community, helping promote it, helping research. And we, I, I support the FTA as well. And I, I hope that we all do. I hope that you sign up for the FTA. Uh, not only to help them, but uh, because the FTA is helping you uh, with even things like uh, every few months they're doing a, a roundtable discussion or bringing an expert on to help the community. These are things that you can join live, ask questions to experts, uh, or watch the replays as well. The FTA is doing amazing things, and I, I can't wait to share more of what they're doing uh, soon. So please uh, check out flotation.org and check out everything they're doing and sign up to be a member. Also, a super quick shout out to my store, shop.artofthefloat.com, or you just go to artofthefloat.com and find the store. But uh, we have some really amazing clips of people floating, photography you guys can pick up for any marketing that you're doing for the holidays here, including some specific stuff for for the holidays. And uh, t-shirts, mugs, all that stuff, it's all available. Stock up your stores and check out the, in particular, the designs by MC Flux are my personal favorite. Check out shop.artofthefloat.com or just artofthefloat.com. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Shane Stott. back to another episode of Art of the Float. This is a little bit of a different episode, a one-on-one recording here with the incredible Shane Stott. Welcome back. Our very regular podcast guest, Shane Stott. Welcome back. Here all the time. Thanks <laughs> the for time. having me back, man. It's good yeah. to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. It's very good to see you too. It's good to see your face. I'm, I'm actually looking at your face from, it was probably taken before 2016, but the, uh, Whoa, baby yeah, face. it's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> I'm looking at Amazed. our old episode. Where hardly, man. <laughs> Actually, news for you—you you haven't. Um, the hat changed. That's all I can tell. The beard got oh, longer. Yeah. Um, so our last interview was in 2016, February of 2016. So it's been like Get six seven years since we've talked. Yeah, and I think that was. Wow. I mean, it's when the, I think uh, Art of the Float had like four or five episodes, and you were putting out the Float Tank Cure book, and that's that's where we you were at in life. 
Um, oh, wow. I have no idea what we really talked about, <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but probably a little bit about floating and probably about the book. But um, I just want to today. I want to talk about your journey. You have had quite the float journey in your life, and um, you've been a, um, uh, a a beacon for people in the industry and. Uh, an influencer and um, a YouTube influencer before maybe that was even a term building your float tanks. And, um, and it's come, I mean, to me, I don't know about your perspective, but for me, almost full circle, a, just having you back on the show, which is really fun and exciting yeah. for me, but also re- releasing the documentary too. floating is uh, oh. so exciting. So, um, I would love to just, uh, jump in, dive in into the, to the briny waters and talk about, um, your journey and in, including Zen float time, I was just, I want to dive into all of it. Um, but, uh, first for, for people who may not know your story very well or haven't yeah. seen the documentary, do you want to give a little background on how you found yourself building your own float tanks in your basement? <laughs> oh yeah. I think I could give kind of a, a quick version of it. Um, I, I come from panic and anxiety background. I had a pretty big panic breakdown. It's been so many years. It doesn't feel fresh anymore, but it was back in maybe... 2005, um, mm. just a total, a total nervous system breakdown, collapse, um, and I had, to, I had to put my life back together, and I felt like I was going to die at that time. Um, people who've had panic kind of understand that feeling. I just felt like I, I didn't want to live at the time, but mm. between um, seeing therapists, um, medication, therapies, you name it, I, I kind of did it all, and I had a therapist recommend meditation, and I was like, uh, I'm not into that. It kind of was, it's like hippie stuff, you know, meditation. And I, he, he recommended guided meditations, and I tried it, and I was like, oh, wow, this really works. This really brings down my levels. And I was, I took to it immediately, meditating, and then at the same time, I would struggle to have a great meditation all the time. So I was looking for an easier way to meditate, and that's when I stumbled onto Joe Rogan's videos of that weird mm. thing called an isolation tank. And this is back when it was truly like f- just more fringe. We're talking 11, 2011 maybe. And uh, I, one of those things in life where you just know it's for you even though you've never tried it. You know mm-hmm. it's, you got to go that direction. And mm-hmm. there was a, there was like a dozen float centers in the U.S., like a dozen. And one was in Vegas, which was five hours away. And I remember being like, I could spend the money to go there and try it, or I could spend the money to build one, because it looked, it looked simple. So <laughs> it was not, <laughs> but it looked simple. Yeah. So I ordered a, a farm fertilizer tank, cut it in half like a tanning bed, framed it kind of like a home, insulated it. I had an aquarium guy um, come in and plummet, and just figured the whole thing out. But at the same time, I remember, I remember being like, I can't be the only one. So then I was like putting the plans. Everything I did, I was just putting online and doing Facebook. And so all of a sudden I had a... Go ahead. So was that from a design that you had already seen? Like some rough draft? Or was that just from like, scratch. yeah, I'm going to get this bin, this farming bin. Okay, Dude, It cool. was just randomly out of my brain. The, it was a great design minus the lid was so heavy it could honestly kill someone. And it in the documentary, it breaks. Do you see that scene? It breaks and crushes it. Yeah. my arm. It's like, boom. And I was like, oh, my God, I thought I broke oh, my arm. Right, that right. lid was so heavy. Oh it was da- What if I would have had my head or neck or I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so I'm building this tank. I'm putting the plans online. A couple thousand people are following me. And then my tank is, like, in Florida and in some U.K. place. 
people are building it and wow, using it, and then they're yeah. they're charging for floats in the tank I built. And then that that led me into meeting my partner who wanted to make tanks out of canvas, and then one thing led to another, and then it was like we need a book, and so I wrote a book, and we need a film. <laughs> it was it was all so organic. I hope that was the, interesting. The this type of story you were looking for, but. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, man. The <laughs> totally. that's the rough recap of how I ended up through all this. And so were you developing a sense of community with these other people? Like, I guess from your YouTube page and putting your plans up there, were you getting in contact with these people who were building their own? Were they like hitting yeah, you up, like, asking you for questions? With oh, questions? dude, I was tech support. I was like, I put this thing up and all of a sudden I'm feeling all the questions. Like, what did you use? What's this? What's the light? How did you plumb it? What did you? And I was like, <laughs> I was just helping people figure it out. It was really cool. It was such a... I was, I was just so, just what the it was like the world reached out and grabbed me and I was on my way. I had like a little mission. That's cool. I, I feel like um, some of my favorite businesses started out the way where it's just like, here here's my basic thing, or like I made this for myself or for a friend, and then a friend of a friend wants that too, and then they just start basically building a company just because of demand from people wanting it. So it kind of sounds like that's what was going on. Organic feels so good. It just doesn't feel forced. Nice. It's like the world wants this. And so much of what I did in floating felt that way until the end. Hmm. Until the end. Interesting. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, you talk about the, the book kind of being, um, I suppose, to support what became the Zen float tent, your, your float tank. So your story of floating and how floating benefited you. Um, yeah. And you have some great interviews in there as well. But um, what was the process of designing the Zen float tent from your... I'm not going to say, yeah, I won't say crypt. I'm not going to even record. I'll bleep that word out. Uh, but this, <laughs> this very dangerous <laughs> uh, device to being something that, you know, you can sell to somebody and they can actually put in their home, feel safe, and it's not going to flood their home. It was, it was so interesting. Uh, so I met William and William was, had moved from the UK to China for a different product. And we started working on the float tent. But his, his thing he brought was, hey, I can make this out of waterproof canvas that's welded. And that was new to me. I was like, that could make this sure. affordable. Sure, right. So then he sent me, he was working on a box version. And this box version, it would sag and drip. And it was just this weird, it didn't work in, rea- in reality, right? Mm-hmm. And so we immediately go into, okay, what do you do with the walls? And okay, now we're angling them. We're making like these, these weird long looking angled things and then somehow we jumped to pyramid and the pyramid was just it and not to mention we found a way to make the we had the you know the steel tubing frame that was easy to shape in a pyramid and everything came together very easily except for one factor which was we're talking it's a tub and then you would slide kind of a slip down over the tub so dripping you have to condensation is is always rolling right so it was like ah geez um, okay, we'll make flaps, and then okay, well, what about the corners? And okay, they can tuck them, and it, it opened up a whole new thing. So it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but we got pretty close pretty fast. I had four of those pyramids in my house at one time. I flooded my house before the Kickstarter. Yeah. No way! Yeah, tell me. And so um, we live we live in Utah. It snows here, and we salt our roads, right? Well, we it was me and my wife, and we we were in the garage. I forget what it was, but there was salt residue all over our cars and it was it was not a snow day but we that's kind of what we thought was going on well it had leaked through the room upstairs above the garage and leaked salt water under our cars it was not from road salt i go upstairs i lift up the the edge of the tank 
and there's a pinhole shooting out like six inches. And I, I hold my finger on the pinhole. <laughs> I ask her to go get radiator repair from AutoZone. She is not happy. I mean, flooded the You know, understandably. <laughs> I, I'm going to yeah, go yeah, and say <laughs> Very fair uh, to me. <laughs> gets <pissed> back. <laughs> I'm repairing it. And we got to send these tanks out. And we're like, well, what happened on this one? And it was just a flaw in the fabric. Mm. And it was like, oh, wow. Okay, well, um, I forget. I forget the quality control measures we took. I, we may have checked more, but so risky to send out all those tanks and canvas and leaks and holy moly. And that was very much the feel of Zen Float Co. is pioneering a product like this was hard. It was. Sure. I remember when the Kickstarter funded, feeling like we made it. It's all. Uh-huh. It's all going to be smooth from here. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's the beginning of a marathon, an ultra marathon. Hey. And so you were talking about dealing with anxiety earlier and, and dealing with that. And it seems like you built yourself a whole new way to be anxious uh, <laughs> by, by making this company. How did you balance that? Oh, uh, not very well, but floating did help. I floated constantly. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it was floating was just a big part of my life. And then I was, I was like, uh, I was putting out all the videos. I was doing all the testing. We were mm. constantly upgrading and changing the filtration and changing the hoses sure. had, uh, the ho- the hoses had kind of a mold issue. Um, the 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 type of plastic we used would oh, gather mold, and so we were switching out to a PT PTE PFE. I can't remember the details, but it, I'm telling you, it was one thing after another, sure, sure. years and years and years until wow. We 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 pretty well had the product dialed in once we made that inflatable version in sure. So, so um, the first time I saw something like that was probably stand-up paddle boards where like you, yeah, yeah. you basically have this rolled up raft and then as you inflate it, it becomes super strong. Um, I think uh, um, Float Away has a similar style float tank where once it's inflated, it's rock hard. The walls are super strong. Yeah. Um, and that just makes sense. It feels like what an epiphany to have rigid walls like that instead of just like a, a raft wall you know or something uh like you said canvas yeah the thin canvas and i remember i remember being very skeptical of you know drop stitch technology but then we made mm. one of our early prototypes and i could sit on it and i was like sure, wow right? this is as yeah. good as rigid and so, so that seemed like the final form right there of, of zen float 10 is that accurate yeah we i love that design it was like I, I remember helping design how the back came kind of with curved over the walls. The, it was like I got to make my perfect tank. And yeah. We, yeah. And we, we found a factory in China that could make that. And mm. um, we ended up, we, William ended up spending a lot of time at that factory. And they killed it. They were very good at it. And nice. um, everything was running. It was... It's weird how life works because it felt like we crossed some finish line. Yeah. And then not too long after <laughs> the pandemic hit. So, and I can I can go on to that part of the story too. Well, right? yeah, I mean, but first at first I want to talk about a little bit more about like running the business and like where you find I mean, can I ask, were you financially successful? Were you like, cool, this is something I can focus all my attention on? Or is this like a side gig thing where it's like, this requires a lot of attention but doesn't have a lot of personal revenue coming in? It accelerated fast. It was <laughs> it was like our Kickstarter year we did, I 
I feel like we did around a half million. We raised 300 and something, and I feel like we might have had a half million dollar year. And then a couple years later, we did, we broke a million, and then we broke up into one five. And I remember thinking, so I was running a business that was like 10 million at the time, a family business that my grandfather started. So I remember feeling like, oh, this thing could come up and get an oh, equal share of time. So okay. I, I was always dividing my time between the two businesses. Got it. Um, but yeah, we, we came up very quick. I, I felt like it was pretty quick. And then, um, uh, I don't, it's so funny. I, I don't remember the exact order of the years, but we, we did come up quick, fell back under a million and we had steady demand though. The business, it's almost like the business went from a hype business to something mm. like that could just march and grow steadily. Sure. Yeah. And so I, I was more happy with the steady growth than the <laughs> hype growth. <laughs> yeah. Hype sucks, dude. Imagine selling like hundreds of tanks only to be back into selling a tank a week sure. and then going through another Kickstarter and selling hundreds. I don't like the roller coaster. Sure. But, yeah. but we had to use the hype to get the, to get the um, kind of the floating crowd or the message or to recruit new floaters. But you're a, you're a small business owner. Like your adrenaline is wrapped totally into that too and the, the hype going up and down. Oh, yeah. And, you, and sounds try exhausting. this on too. I'm not used to like, Business is usually here's some money, here's some product, here's some money, here's some product. Well, oh, yeah, kick, yeah. Kickstarter life is here's a ton of money. Yeah, when do you, when Spend do you it get us a product? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like, oh, you said October, but it's now January, and people right. are mad and they want to burn you alive, mm. and mm. and it's just like well, uh, that is hard. Hype and money and waiting for delivery. It's it's hard. Oof. How absolutely intense. Uh, I, I want to pivot just while we're still talking about the Zen Float Tent real quick about, I remember in the Float Collective hearing about um, news articles about businesses coming out that were using the Zen Float Tent with their like, you know, personal motor in there. How did, what did you think about that? How did you try to address that? Because I know you were selling them as personal float tanks. I'm just curious what it was like on your side. That was hard. We would have good people who wanted to offer floating, like say in a gym or in wherever. Mm. And it was like, it would always tear me apart because it would be like uh now this is a this is personal design this is a d- design for a float a day the traffic mm-hmm. the wear all the above sure but then these people are trying to help other people get floating it's like well you can do it but it voids everything and it's it's on oh, you and then also it was like, and then the the same conversation would be like and it also makes our product look bad because mm-hmm. it's not designed for this it's not going to be able to clean fast enough for a handful mm-hmm. of floats a day and so Mixed feelings. It was like, it sucks when people's hearts are in the right places, but then you got to tell them that's not a good idea. And then, or when they do it anyway, and then worse when they're trying to return stuff or change stuff and you know they used it commercially. It just, it was awkward. Oh, interesting. I, I, yeah, but, gosh, no kidding, man. And when our inflatable came out, it looked much more commercial. So sure. it was hard to argue. And then they'll, they'll be like, I put my own stuff in it, I do whatever. And then we'd see it pop up on some commercial site and we're like, you can't do that. Got Very it. uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't. I don't like policing. I like things to be organic. I absolutely hear that. Yeah. Um, Shark Tank. I don't. I can't comment specifically on Shark Tank, but I did go to a funding show. Okay. <laughs> uh, I went to a funding show, and I remember preparing uh, and being like, you know, probably the worst. And I mentioned this in the documentary. The worst thing that could happen would be to go through all of the process. <laughs> All of the training, the pitch, everything, mm-hmm. and it not air, and you'll never guess what happened. But <laughs> yeah, all yeah. right. <laughs> uh, the intensity, oh my god, of all that stuff was insane. 
And uh, the hard part too was um, we, okay, we filmed. Um, even the guy, so you get paired up with producers that help you prepare and help you pitch sure. and the whole thing. And the sure. guy, I remember right getting off recording and they just, they, they take you in a van and whisk you away somewhere to a hotel that no one else is at. It's very interesting. But I remember him being like, you will air 100%. They loved it. And I was like, great. Okay, great. And then it was like, even later, it was like, okay, you were slotted for an episode. Great. Okay, great. And then all of a sudden it was like, the producer, the head guy needs to talk to you. I was like, well, he's got some news. That's very important. Why would he have to talk to me? Yeah. And he, I remember him being like, you know, um, this is the first time in seven years where they didn't pick up the extra episodes. So the one <gasps> you were slated for got canceled. We already, it was already cut and ready to run. Whoa. But they trimmed budget and, and I, it was like, uh, I ha- it was a new level of disappointment. <laughs> oh my God. I can't yeah. imagine. I mean, I can yeah. only imagine, you know, like there's no way I've experienced something that intense, <laughs> that it, kind it of so, hype. You're talking about the hype and the lull. And we, we had the inflatable and we were shooting uh-huh. the inflatable uh, Kickstarter out in the desert, get the call. Mm-hmm. And it was like, everything was lining up and timing like it, okay, you know, uh, airing and the new product, and, the, and this is the product that we took to the pitch show, and um, it was it was a sick feeling. Oof! How did you recover from that? Like, what do you do? I did. I didn't very well. It reminded me of a hmm. breakup. How you just kind of sit in the sadness until it <sighs> dissipates. Uh-huh. But now I have a huge tolerance for disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> True like, blessing. I mean. Do you I, think about, I, it is? Go ahead. I mean, do you think um, on on one hand, like I, I don't actually genuinely believe like things happen for a reason. That's not how I view the universe. But do you think potentially had that been successful, it could have sent you into a, another insane adrenaline? I, I mean, just everything that would have happened after that could that have been unhealthy for you? <laughs> it could have, and and I, it's it's you know how they say the dots connect looking backwards like i'm very yeah. happy how it all turned out it okay. might have been the most stressful ride imagine like i think we did 4 or 500,000 on that go around without any funding shows you know and um God. who knows what that would have equaled who yeah, knows right? what the factory could have done who knows how, you know it might have been absolutely wow. miserable but uh i do believe in I love toler- being. I love upping my tolerance in anything. So <laughs> at this point, it's made all of my life easier. That's a very, uh, great way to look at it. I love yeah. it. No, I love it. Stuff doesn't compare. So when did did Zen Float Tent fully shutter? Did they? Did you guys close down? What ended up happening? It was. It was such a. I. F- I feel embarrassed of the way hmm. I. So Zen did close. Okay. Uh, and I could tell the, the brief version, but I, I feel embarrassed how it all went down. Because I always thought I'd be the type of guy who would be like, no, I'll, I'll put out videos and put up a site and I'll make sure everyone has somewhere to go. But the, oh, uh, the reality of the business closing was more like sheer pain. <laughs> like we had, so we had, uh, it's great. I can tell the real story now. I've never told the real story. No one <laughs> oh, knows please. the real story. Please yeah, share so the real we, story. We produced, out, we produced out of China and um, when the pandemic hit, uh, drop stitch products surged 300 and something percent. Um, so paddle boards went through the roof. So we're this, we're a side gig, right? We're, yes. we're just picking up the extra money for whatever reason. So when paddle boards surged 300% and we're talking tens of millions of dollars of paddle boards, probably a hundred million. Anyway, yeah, this yeah. surges, we are meaningless now. So right. we get sent, the sad part is we got sent a container worth 
so we got sent 90 tanks. We had containers coming in like quarterly, but we got sent a container of absolute garbage. We couldn't sell five of the 90. It's like the factory just decided to um, get us out of their hair, kind of was the feeling. I know, and I would have preferred, here's your money back, we're going to not send you garbage. Yeah, of course, right? But we got sent garbage, and then it was like, I had to explain to them why it was garbage, because I don't think they saw what went out. So we had to document, pictures, show. We got sent garbage. Well, they, they kind of felt like... What was, what was wrong with it? It would be like welds were mismatched, or um, there was gaps, or holes, or leakage, or glue residue, or... Hmm. Just awful. I'm tell- I'm not exaggerating when I say we could sell five of ninety. Yeah. And then we ended up um, every single tank we doctored by hand and showed the customer and got sign off. Are you okay with this tank as is? Oh yep. wow! So, so we really muscled through the last of the eighties. I think we sold like Brutal. sixty of ninety. The factory gave us half our money back. We got um, we got some PPP money. I think hmm. that's what it was. Government. So it's like we had some of the return money. We, we had uh, some of the government pandemic, whatever money. And we, we, went, we decided, and it felt like the right decision. And I don't regret it, but it felt like the right decision. Let's make this in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So we order fabric. We order the welder. We order the glue. We, we, and we, had, we knew the process. We knew we could do it. So you were so talking about doing it by hand, like yourself? Oh, we did Not it. just so in the had, U.S. You were going to build these? Yeah, so we had, we had five-guy had no crew. We took a couple hundred thousand dollars. We bought everything we needed, and we geared up. Um, we made a giant air table. We bought a welder. We bought. Uh, we got a fume. We made a fume room inside our factory so we could glue, because we, we had to do it by U.S. standards. You can't. Oh, interesting. Even by my standards, which are kind of cowboy wing it. Sure. Like China, they do whatever they want. Sure. Not to mention China at the time, it was like um, six hundred dollars for a skilled laborer six days a week, ten hour days. So we made it in the U.S., and after a year's worth of work, this is a year's worth of practice in making tanks, it, it wasn't as quality as what China was putting out, mm-hmm. wasn't as mm-hmm. high quality, and our cost was 5000 bucks. Our cost was our retail price. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the, it, yep. we failed. We, we could not do it. And admitting defeat was the hardest <sighs> thing for me, and my ego check of like, but I'm like the float guy and stuff works sure, out yeah. for me and I'm supposed to be on this journey doing this. I had yeah. to, I, that's what I had to come to peace with. And, and wow. so at this point, I'm like, people have given us their money for the tanks we're making here. Now we're giving money back. Now mm. rent's due. Now the thing, everything's just sucking money out, wages. Now we're going in the negative. I'm personally financing it. I'm personally giving Venmos back to irritate. The most irritated pe- person would get their money back. Sure. And I, I'm happy to say we refunded every single person um, that needed their money back. We, we had people walking in our factory naming us price in, prices in cash to take random pieces to pay off the end of our bills. So they'd be like, hey, we'll give you 500 for the air table. It's like, that's worth like four grand. Hey, we'll give you something oh. for... The, we bought a welder for 40 grand. The company Ooh. ended up giving us like 10 grand back on a 40 grand welder that was like new, kind of like... Dude. <laughs> I know, and it was... So oh. Oh, my heart is aching right now. Yeah, that is, um, that is tough. And and um, and we got like kick- you said, and I'm oh. I'm sure we we share this a bit, but like that you are the float guy thing. Like by all means, I'm like below F level celebrity tier, but like 
there there is a personal a piece of me that is the float guy right like i'm yeah. part of this industry and it means a lot to me and this reciprocation and um i think you were obviously a, like a higher tier version of that but you get personally invested in i don't know if brand is the right word but your identity is swept up in it right yeah it's so weird i didn't realize how much i was the float guy mm. and i remember uh-huh. even feeling yeah. like there's even a part of me that's like what's my thing if i'm not the float guy i remember even like adjusting my twitter and being like Okay, well, it was weird. It's so ego. It's so ego. We all—I would guess—we all have kind of a story about ourselves. But it was—it sure, was, it yeah, was hard. It took a couple months to readjust my story and be like, "Oh no, okay, so I'm an inventor and a writer, and I'm doing nice. a bunch of stuff." And yeah, here we are. <laughs> you know, um, we've we've talked to a number of people who have sold their float centers and like, what's life on the other side? And I feel like everybody has a certain level of like, this is me. This is what I do. And Almost as soon as the business is sold, people refine themselves and, and find this new joy or, or find their new passions or are already following their passions. But there's so much more out there beyond this one thing that we hold on to. And we all have ego. We all have to identify ourselves. You know, it's not, not a bad thing. No, it's hard it's, to let go. In fact, I've been studying my ego, I feel like. Um, and I, I use the, the power of the ego for a lot of things I do. Um, there is some, it's almost like nuclear energy, the ego. Like it can get you through some amazing stuff. Oh, it can interesting. Like, for me, even like when I'm like, I'm ready to die. It's like this, mm. I can't explain it fully, but my ego, my ego has a power that I very much value, but I, yeah. it needs to be kept in check. It's, it's right. just one, one of the many versions. Right. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's useful, but. I have. Um, I've really been paying attention to the ego. You know, can we actually segue a little bit? Um, so I feel like there's so much to talk about with you, but um, you know, you put out the float tank here, but then I think you had another book that was coming out, and I want to say poetry, but the, I don't think that's right. Oh, you were oh, translating. Stoic. So I'll let you. Yeah. So um, I stumbled onto Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. When people hear that, they think it's about meditating. It's not right. It's about uh, his thoughts on life. Uh-huh. So it happened to be called Meditations, and it was it's in the um, it's in the public space, like where you can do whatever you want with it. No one owns it. Okay. Um, so when I listened to, I became kind of obsessed with Stoic philosophy, mm. and at the same time, I was like, it was kind of written in a biblical fashion, like a lot of the words we just don't use now. Oh, okay. Um, so I remember feeling like I wish someone would just kind of dumb this down. It was for me. It was the same reason I did the right. Thing. Cool. It's like yeah. I'm gonna dumb this down for me. So I spent a few years once a week, um, just at a <laughs> coffee shop. Uh, it's called paraphrasing. I just would see a line and rephrase it. See a line mm-hmm. and rephrase it. See a line as accurately as I could with today's modern language. And it, I end up calling just meditations made simple. And I mm. really enjoy it. it. And it kind of programmed my psyche. Uh, a lot of it is built <laughs> in me forever now. So how would somebody, so I assume I can hop on Amazon and, and purchase it. How would I read it? Like what would be your tactic for actually using it as a tool? You know, I'm, I, I am an audio guy, so I, I read a bit, but I'm heavy audio. I ended up finding an amazing uh, audio, uh, what's the word? I've, I found an amazing voice that fits the text, oh. and it's on Audible. Nice. So if you enjoyed it on Audible, it'd be worth picking up on paper, or if you enjoy reading it, but... I also, uh, I remember thinking at the time, I was like, this is the type of text that should be like a really nice coffee table book. So if you, if you bought the hardcover, it's expensive. 
but it's so nice. I, I give it as a gift, and a lot of people nice. gift it that I know. And cool. It's just, it's cool. It's funny. That's brought me so much fulfillment, mm. and it's, and it also brought me debt. <laughs> like, but mm. how interesting that uh, it doesn't need to make money to bring a ton of fulfillment. Sure. Yeah. Whew, interesting. All right. Yeah. There's. <laughs> let's see here. Um, I think we should dive into it. Let's talk about the doc, right? Let's do um, it. So you're running Zen Float Tent while you're, it was, was it Kickstarter or fu- I think it was ki- Kickstarter, some kind of fundraiser for the documentary? Yep. So yeah, previously I did the book because I felt like when I was selling the tank, everyone needed to know why they should float. Mm. And there wasn't like this resource of here's all the reasons, where do you fall? So I wrote the book and then it was like, I remember waiting around for, it's like a, I remember the exact thought. Um, what was the documentary before Carl and uh, Carl I want and Jory? To say Float Nation was it? Yeah, Float, Float Nation? Nation. Okay, it was Float Nation. They came around. Yeah. And I was part of their documentary, and they went to YouTube. And I remember feeling like this is a couple years later, I think. But th- why aren't we on a streaming platform? Amazon's mm-hmm. coming up. Netflix, Netflix yeah. is coming up. And I remember waiting, like, well, who is going to do this? Oh, funny. And then being like, okay, I'll do it. You know, I'll I'll, I'll make the streaming documentary. <laughs> so. It was like we put a Kickstarter and we're like, hey, help us fund and we'll put you as part of a directory because the center has funded this thing. And at the time, people were using um, – there was another float doc – there was a float directory at the time, float locations. Oh, right. And I don't mm-hmm. – I'm not, I'm not plugged in locations. anymore. It, flotation yeah. locations. Yeah, yeah. So at the time, it was like, okay, we could do this, do a bigger scale and yada, yada. And so we sold that to fund the documentary. And then at certain levels, we would put you – in the documentary, mm-hmm. and we raised the money thanks to all these float centers that also wanted to spread the message, that also wanted yeah. to be on a streaming platform. And so that was the dream we sold. And, yeah. and we can go as any part of the film you want to go into, let's go into, but it was an absolute just dredge of a marathon to make this thing. And we're, we raised 75,000 bucks. I bet it costs 120 <laughs> or $30,000 to film. And everywhere all around the world and country and filming and floating and it never ended. It was like a four-year project, wow. a year or two of editing. We could have edited it shorter, but we, it kept not going how we thought it would go. In, in what oh. ways? I mean, because um, this is your, your guys' first. And, and I'm sorry, the director's name. I'm sorry, I'm spacing Bridger. on it. Bridger. Bridger, yeah. He, he had never made a, a full-length movie before. Is that right? Right. He had been so. part of him, never directed a full-length movie Ooh, that's uh, a lot to bite off. <laughs> remote shooting it. Um, mm-hmm. We so Shark Tank. Wait, I wasn't part of Shark Tank necessarily, but we were on a funding show, uh-huh. and, that, <laughs> and that funding show didn't go through mid <laughs> midstream, yeah. right? Funny, yes. Okay, now we also have a UFC fighter in our film who got um, uh, Jamie Colleen. She got um, a UFC fight to go get her UFC card. She lost that fight. So we followed her journey closely. And mm. we assumed she would go UFC. She'd be famous. So we mm. were following these threads that we thought the film oh, would interesting. be. interesting. Like you do and with a documentary, right? Right. And we had, we knew what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, be like, right, right. Nope. And then it'd be like, nope. And then someone else's journey, nope. And then the journeys we followed some of the least panned out and we filmed in light. So we had to kind of pump them up a little. Not pump them up, but like fill in some of the blanks. So that... Uh-huh a giant lesson in you don't, if you're shooting a documentary, you don't really know. Yeah. Uh, and the, the millions of things we could do different, uh, it's, it's endless, but you want to know the, the strongest <laughs> thread 
the best decision we made was working with uh, Justin Feinstein in the float clinic. Uh-huh. Yeah, tell that me, was, please tell me why. It was just like he was he was setting up the float clinic. He already had the yeah. science. He was working they were working on an, anorexia nervosa with floating like mm-hmm. all the it was like we chose the right foundation. And in fact, we met with Justin Feinstein at a at a float conference and he was he wanted to be part of what we were doing. He knew we raised money. He mm-hmm. hated the fact that we called it the float tank cure. Sure. And I was like, but dude, I'm I was like, dude, I'm trying to sell books right, not for right. the sake of money so the sake of getting the book out there yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's no money in books just so anyone knows this too there's no <laughs> money in books but there's money in getting people you know floating and getting started and mm-hmm. and the, the help that it brought my life and could bring anyone's life it's like a win 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 yep so the yep, book was named float tank cure and justin's like i won't even talk about that if it's going to be that so then we signed a yeah. we signed something with him i remember meeting him in a coffee shop oh interesting in portland and he was very skeptical of us. He was not, yeah, he was skeptical of me and us. He didn't know what I was about. Yeah. And then after a, after a lunch about it, he was totally on board, but he wanted full create, he wanted full creative, uh, reserved full creative, um, what, rights? Sure. And we for, made For the hand, final edit or just of his segments? Final, all Damn. of them. What? Yeah, so Whoa. he, t- yeah, so he took, Whoa. It, was su- it was such a tr- it was such a trust move because we had yeah. raised the money. We were going to shoot it anyways. We had the plan, yeah. and he was like, he was like, no, no. I if you do what you say you're going to do, that's I want to be part of it. He's like, I need the right to say what goes in this film, even yeah. to the last detail. And we're like, but dude, what if we do this whole thing and we have to deliver on a promise to the centers? But it was like he seemed like a good guy. He probably <laughs> felt the same about us. Uh huh. Yeah. We get we did written full creative because he says if wow. you guys get this wrong and you yeah. guys give the wrong message, it forever taints our industry again. Sure. He's like forever we will be uncredible because you say you know it's cure or you fix something mm-hmm. or it's and he was and and I'm so glad he is who he is and is does it proper, but we yeah, gave right. it to him. And then coming what, so what's interesting is coming down to the final edits. I know coming down the final <laughs> edits, me and Bridger are like. It's done. And he's like, no, it's not. (laughs) So this this is like a producer coming in with some notes. (laughs) Yes. What kind of notes were you getting? Uh, It was was reasonable. It was just Mm -hmm. like, okay, so the person says this or the person says this or I don't think we should be saying, implying that it can do this. Sure, misleading. But yeah, so we kept, uh, we just let the pressure be and we walked it all the way down to the end. He felt it, we felt it, me and Bridger. And we all, in the end, were satisfied with the end result, and it was beautiful. Okay, I have to pause for just a second. First of all, that's crazy. I didn't realize he had, like, you guys literally signed a document for full creative control. That is wild to me. But um, Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. We thought, worst case, we cut his stuff out. Sure. Like, if we had to salvage the film and put out what we promised we'd put out, we'd have to cut his stuff, which was the meat. But anyways, yes, we did sign it, and it worked out. And Justin is a great guy, and uh, we're... We're working on other stuff, so it's good. Cool, awesome. Yeah, I'm. It would be crazy to think about that movie without, like you called it, the foundation, the science behind it. You know, what a pivotal piece to give it um, what, what it, legitimacy. You know, yeah. Um, uh, editing. Oh. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about you know what goes behind the scenes, and I know you, you've worked on music and now movies, and I know it's a hundred times more than people think goes into it. You're talking about editing this for two years. 
how do you stay focused on getting back into the bay and, and pulling up another reel Brid- and mix, mixing that? Bridger needs to speak on the details of this. Oh, okay, okay. Like, uh, we'll have to have Bridger. I've on. never, I've never seen a guy with like um, absolute endurance and work <laughs> ethic when things are not going well any longer. No but he, way. I forget the hour count, but I could have sworn we shot like a hundred hours at four k. So we filled uh-huh. up banks and banks and banks of drives. I have them in the; <laughs> they're everywhere. Yeah. And so he's editing on an older computer, working on these gigantic files. Oh my god! He, I I remember he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take our hundred hours and grab everything we wanted to stay in the film." And I'm not I'm not the details guy, but I can tell you the feeling guy. But I remember we yeah, turned yeah. like a hundred hours into three or four hours, and we watched the first version. It was like a three hour film. Yeah, and we're like. Okay, what is what's ideal? And we had to choose ideal based off just what will people watch? What will people not sure. tune out? You know, how yeah, fast yeah. does this need to move? This has, right? has to grab attention. And I think we decided on ninety minutes, and it was mm-hmm. so painful to chop. My story didn't get full, told fully. Uh-huh, mine got right? mine got reduced by two thirds. Got cut out of mine. I'm like, wow. yeah, it gets the gist, but it doesn't tell the full story. And then uh-huh. we're cutting two thirds out of everyone we like, and we're we're. We're, it's like we're, ju- we're cranking it, we're concentrating, 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 cutting, 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 cutting. And then mm-hmm. we, had, we had to do story changes because hmm. we, it would be too much juice into slow and then too much juice into oh, uh-huh. slow. And then we had to, we had to like, we had, four, we had like four or five juicy things that had to, you, you almost decide the shape of a film and then you try and figure out how to keep oh, someone tuned in the whole time. Yeah, that makes but, sense. So Bridger's doing the editing. I'm doing the critiquing. I have the easy part, and I'm still like, I'm still over it. I'm just like, I, I just, how how long can we work this film? Yeah. Uh, so Bridger deserves something. I don't know. What. Does he live nearby? Like, how are you guys even working together? Yeah, I started working with Bridger. I found him on Craigslist, and we shot. Like you do. <laughs> yep, and we shot ads for hair products for the family business oh, in yes. 2000, like 10. And then he shot our he shot our first Kickstarter, raised okay. a few hundred thousand bucks. He shot gorgeous looking out in the desert. Was that the the initial Kickstarter in the desert too? Yeah, I've always thought those were just gorgeous. Your he killed out there. it. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, we're best friends, and we've been nice. shooting stuff ever through since. all but of yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the real amazing part. Wow, <laughs> I know. All right, he's got quite a work ethic. Incredible, and he endured. Um. I'd be interested in the three-hour Spartacus cut with an intermission. That would be like, um, you know, actually, gosh, sorry, this is a, I shouldn't even say it while we're recording, but have you ever thought about doing more work and putting it on like a DVD with, uh, or a Blu-ray with bonus features and all that? Honestly, we could have shot, uh, we, and we considered it. We considered doing a full series. Like you could have oh, every single person we followed could be an episode. Sure. Or like we could do a pain episode, an athletic. We shot so much stuff. Like right Damn. now, if if the money was there, right, we could dig up all these archives and put make a six part miniseries. Damn it! I know. Wow, wow. I know. I, and you want to know what's crazy? When I we do. started, when we went, when we went, when we entered this game, we streamers were accessible, and we had mm-hmm. someone at Netflix who was like, "Yes, get get me a film, and we're ready to go." Like it was like we had a we had a connection at Netflix who wanted oh to see our film. God. By the time the film was ready, no one cared at all. Why? And in fact, I, they said, they told us, we worked with like four brokers, 
And we worked with, we were going to let brokers keep all the money and pay $10,000 to land us on Amazon, Netflix, Hulu. Oh, interesting. We, it couldn't even be landed. We said, you keep all the money for the film and yeah. we'll put up 10000 cash. Anything you want, sir. Like, it was like, we just want to land this on a streaming platform. Nothing. And we had, we had a guy take it for six months and we had another broker take it for another <gasps> six months and no one could land it anywhere. And it, or they'd be like, this is a great film, but you're in the wrong place. We're looking for true crime. We're looking for this, or we're looking oh, for this. Oh, shoot. I know. Wow. Like, have you considered Gaia? And we, we couldn't go to Gaia for credibility. And then it was like, hmm. okay, well, you... And then someone's like, okay, if you go to Apple and you sell this many this quick, you could possibly get a deal over here. Or you can parlay from here to here. Or if you pay for ads and... Oh, interesting. It was so damn frustrating. And then wow. the, the big turning point for us, and this is years in was Justin had the career change. He yeah. goes to the yeah. Float Collective, and he's like, we're going to do this anyways. Why don't you guys join us? Uh, let's pair the film up and go YouTube. And I remember being like, it felt, it was like, it was the disappointment of, I, I had the vision. It was the same disappointment of the documentary. I had the vision, and it did not match the vision. And so I was like mm-hmm. getting my mm-hmm. ego out of the way and being like, mm-hmm. if the goal is views, truly, this is yeah. a great way to get them. And YouTube is entering people's TVs. A lot of people are throwing up YouTube on their TV. It's very common. Yeah. And, th- I, and now that it's there and it has 7,000 views in a month, and that's a lot of view time, I'm like, yeah. I feel like we've made a good call. Hell like yeah. Absolutely. People are watching it. Do, do you feel like you had, an, and because I've seen YouTube over the years evolving, I sometimes have this outdated view of what YouTube is, where it's like, actually legitimate films are on YouTube now. Like it's not just a bunch of, I don't know, like almost like TikTok videos of, of YouTubers on there. It's there's legit stuff, right? When when I turn on the YouTube app, I forget what it's called, um, but I'm impressed with the the full feature stuff they have. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, as far as worldwide and access to this thing, and any float center could throw it up, throw it up on a computer, throw yeah, it up. Right. It's it's uh, I think it was the move. It was just, <coughs> excuse me. It was just kind of had to be, got taken there, biting and screaming. Dude, I just didn't. It it. it I promised streaming platforms, and, and we right. YouTube streams. I also promised a directory. That's directories don't do anything. Mm. Um, so uh, I felt like sh- a little bit of shame, a little bit of shame closing the business as well. Sure. But, well, I want I want to talk about that. Like, so I, I didn't realize it'd be like six months at a time with a broker trying to get it on Netflix. And uh, by the way, what happened to the initial hookup guy? Where where was he when when you needed him? Uh, it, they, by the time we had it for sale, they were not even allowed to work directly with us. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. He's like, I'm sorry. Netflix only lands films through whatever they're called, I guess through a broker. But at the okay. time Netflix took them directly when we started the journey back in what year I was, I was married. I haven't been married in five years. So oh, wow. we start, okay. So that's time five plus six years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. It's all good. Um, let's talk about the release and, and, um, you know, Justin picks up the phone. He said he's putting together the float research collective, tie these two together, use it as promo, all of that, raise awareness. Yeah. Are you just like, hell yeah, let's get this out there. Or are you like, what are you, what's going on inside you? Uh, let's be honest. Uh, that would be the best. Okay. <laughs> so I okay. have felt like I started a marathon, which was the documentary. <clears throat> and I felt like I got to the end of the marathon and they said, hey, psych, it's an ultra marathon. Oh, totally. Like, right, right. That's what it felt like. I'm like, but my, I'm, 
I'm done. I don't know how far I can. <laughs> and then I'm it's tired. like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, go on another, another 25 miles or something. And I'm going and I'm going and I'm going. And now I can't even reach the finish line I intended to reach, which was the streaming platforms sure. that I had envisioned. Right. Right. I can't even pay to get it out there. Right. Uh, Justin still has the fire, so we hung on to Justin's fire. Cool. And it was like, no, That's we're great. into it. And then Justin's <laughs> like, I got people. I have someone that he had. Uh, he had a guy that helped with the audio finishing, and he had someone else. Yes. So he's shout out he, to Andy Shayer. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's pulling us through the finish line. Me and Bridger, and me and Bridger are just like Bridger's putting in the credits, and we have like one week, and so we're just we got dragged Ooh. across the finish line. And even <laughs> can we to talk do about this, the name? What? <laughs> can we talk about the name of the movie? Yeah, let's do. <laughs> so originally, I think the Kickstarter was for Float, right? I mean, am I wrong on that? Like you are totally right. And then guess what? <laughs> guess what beat us to that name? Uh, paper airplanes. <laughs> yes. And then we were trying to decide between legal risk of duplicating their name and, oh, another hard decision to make. So oh, real quick, just, just to explain the paper airplanes thing, another documentary came out probably like three or four years ago and mm. it did well. Um, I mean, I think most documentaries are, don't, don't get a lot of views or whatnot. Like they kind of just disappear. This one did the festival circuit, did well. It and did? Uh, oh, <laughs> float, float. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I never followed that one. I don't. Oh, know. funny. So it, yeah, it, yeah. It, Apparently, it's a good documentary, and it's, good. Uh, <laughs> it's about paper airplanes, and it's called Float. <laughs> and so, all of a sudden, this documentary that you've been working on called Float would be released <laughs> after the one called Float that's out there. I remember talking to my attorney, and there was there was some legal stuff, and uh-huh. we probably could have maneuvered it. I also we had the do, we had the domains and we had floating documentary and float like we had okay there was enough stuff where it's like well we can support it how bad is floating it's not bad that's what you're doing in there you know you're floating and right right <laughs> it was a little bit of like a twist like, Justin was into it enough and Bridger and uh, we just we went floating and it feels feels good nice it wasn't perfect but we took it <laughs> what what did lead to the last was it simply to separate completely from that potential, like the SEO of that? And like, why did you go floating? I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was legal overlap, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember. I, not I, to, if, if not keywords or legal, I mean, it was maybe a sure. handful of things. And I, th- I'm so not to peel back the veil too much here, but I think this all like the, the true launch of it happened I don't know if last minute is the right word, but like very rushed, like everything was yeah. all of a sudden very compressed in the release. And I think it, Justin was pushing for a particular release date um, to, to get it out there. Oh, and it was like, we, had, we felt like we had a month or two and Justin's like, how's two weeks? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's even with being pushed back maybe a week is, is what ended up happening. Oh, we um, were, it was buzzer beaters. I, we were, I listened to it. I watched a final edit on a Friday or a Sunday night and then it went to this stage on a Monday and then this on a, and it was like, okay, we'll post it on YouTube to do the keywords to go on Saturday right. or Sunday. And it was just like, ding, 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 ding. Oh, and also to just, uh, so I'm, I'm part of the Float Research Collective. I was talking a lot with Justin about the movie coming out. And, okay, so you're I mean, very familiar. I'm, I'm pretty familiar with what was going on, on 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 our side or at least my side. And um, it's fun to hear on your side what's going on too. Um, the, uh, you, you said 4K. It's a 4K 
it, it didn't end up being 90 minutes. It's, it's, it's a little over that, right? So, I mean, whatever. Let's just say it's 90 minutes. That's a lot of data to upload. And then there's yeah. talking about a name change. And then, you know, these, these edits, that means a completely new upload, new links. Everything has to be reattached. And so there was also just like, it has to be in by a particular date with the correct title. That has to be locked in. It was just... Oh, dude. Talk about Wild West. <laughs> we were scrambling. Um, and darker note, uh, my, my brother died, my partner is Zen, during the whole thing. And I had to tuck him. I just had, he had to be in the film with the, um, with the little dedication at the end. And it's just, we put up the picture of me, him, and William when we funded. And I could not find this picture. So I'm, sit, I'm down in the office on oh, a Sunday God. digging up a picture to get him in the film. And when yeah, did he it, pass? I'm, I'm, if. Uh, yeah, in fact, he passed a year ago, a year ago. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, it was just a heart attack, and oh wow, it was it was out of so nowhere. Nice. And the journey we went on through Float with me and my brother and William, I'm telling. So even, to even give you more of the story, <clears throat> the last thing, the last thing I say to my brother, I'm taking our Float stuff on a trailer over to my brother's other warehouse. And he was going to help unload that day, um, and but he was caught up in his other business. And I'm there, and I I don't fight or argue much. And I d- I was mad at him, and um, I saw him, and I was like, I don't know why, but I was like, you know, I'm not in the mood today. Like I don't want to argue with him. And we we get along so good, but it was like the business was closing, and I was pissed. And he said he would help and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I'm kind of ready to fight. And I see him like, I can't fight with this guy. Is, <laughs> what's there to fight about? So I'm like, hey, bro, what's up? He's like, sorry, I'm really sorry I can't help. And so we unload the stuff. And it was like, uh, it was like cool, have a, he was doing, I think he was going hunting for the weekend. And I was like, mm. cool, man, have fun. All right, see you soon. It was like caring, loving, just peace out. And that was the last thing I ever said to him. He died, he died that weekend hunting, but... No way. Uh, man, do I, am I so oh, happy man. that the last thing wasn't a fight. Right. And, but how weird that it's like Zen, these things narrow and close and end and close up shop and he, then he's gone. And, <sighs> and William, William's like, William's now back in Scotland, the other partner. And he's, he it absolutely just devastated him, the family, everyone. It was just, I, the, the, it, was, it was insane. It was almost like a dream, a bad dream. Sure. It was awful. And you had to keep working. Yeah. Like, and like, oh, just, and I understand it. People are, people are pissed. And I'm, I'm, I'm personally Venmoing people and I'm trying mm. to get this damn business closed up. And my brother died and I was like, oh, so, <sighs> yeah. Um, I, I don't mean to go. Is it okay to keep talking about that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm going to make this, uh, self-centered for a second here. Um, I, I went on a ayahuasca trip years ago and, um, all I saw over and over was my brother who I love more than anything, just losing him over and over and over. It was hellish. It sucked. It was so bad. Um, and I was like, I was confused because I was like, I love him more than my wife. Like, this is weird. You know, it was, it was like, this doesn't seem right. And I think that's maybe why it was coming up so much was just how much I depended on him and, and my bond with him. And, um, so yeah, anyway, I experienced that loss over and over and, and it was, and, and maybe still is my like number one fear in life. And I am just because 
uh, selfishly, I'm, I want to ask you about that process of grieving and going through that. You're, you're the person you grew up with and love so much. How do you step through that loss? Um, I, <clears throat> I don't know when I got this, but I, um, my brain, it's like I, I could, when stuff initially happens, I go into a shock. It's the weirdest thing. It hits me at a level. I can feel it hit me. Um, and then I, something turns off inside me. And it must be, a, it must be some sur- survival, something mechanism. Yeah, yeah. So it, it hits, and then, and then it's, I kind of go numb. And now I'm watching his wife and three daughters Ooh. go through this. And we rush over to my sister's house. And then the sickest, saddest thing I've ever heard in my entire life was them telling... The, his four-year-old daughter, that dad is dead and not coming back. And listening to a little child's voice try and grasp this. Mm-hmm. And then she did grasp it and then just balls. And everyone's consoling everyone. So I go, I go into shock. It, there's plenty of grieving, right? I, I'm not, when I say shock, it's not ice cold. I'm still grieving. But yeah, my grieving yeah, is yeah. more like a, a, a supporting others, helping. I mean, I'm not... Mine, is, mine just trails and trails out for me. It's like uh, I go into survival mode yeah. and I feel enough and then I just trail uh, into kind of just a darker depression spot. And I <clears throat> I don't think I fully felt... I felt it. Uh, and you'd have, to, you'd have to know me to fully explain it, but like I went through the grieving, grieving on like... Uh, I would say... I, so I've been... Um, I've been doing medicine therapies as well. Um, but medicine therapy is where I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like my, I, my ego didn't have a chance to stand in its way huh. and just the sobbing and the grieving it's thank God for medicines to access okay. that stuff. Okay. Cause I think there's probably a lot of people walking around with a lot of pent up stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, uh, the chemical, I'm, I probably get enough out as it goes, but, uh, man, the, the, just breaks down the walls, just shatters it. Yeah, and you got to feel it. There's no yeah. amount of thinking that will yeah. ever make it feel okay. Yeah, you have to actually just feel awful, and then let it integrate. Like, what, what does guess, that mean to then feel it? And then, so for me, for me, it feels like the feeling I didn't want to feel. I have to feel because I'm on a substance. <clears throat> I'm on a medicine, and once I feel those feelings. I don't like feeling that much, but once I feel them and cry and let it all, yeah. it's like there's nothing. It's gone, and now there's. It, it's like the releasing pressure Released. out of a soda. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. and then and then you reorient with your entire life. <sighs> but sickening. S- Thank sickening you for sharing. Sadness. Yeah. Thank I don't you know. for sharing. I, I don't truly know if that made sense. <laughs> sometimes, mm, sometimes me. I explain it. I don't. I don't know if that makes sense to people, but. Made sense to me. I appreciate okay. it. <laughs> Back to another uh, uh, probably intense thing of releasing the, the, the documentary. Um, but hopefully, hopefully on a more positive note, what was it like for you um, when it was actually released? There was a the release date. I heard that you might have been in the, in the chat room, if not actually chatting. Um, I didn't know how to do it. Ah. <laughs> I was I was in there watching, but I was chatting in the wrong spot. There was a live chat. Oh, that's so funny! Yes, I, I was yeah, chatting yeah, yeah. on the comment section. 
<laughs> that's great. Oh, that's really funny. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, Sorry. maybe for the best. Maybe that's for the best of just like, you know, mostly Float Center owners, I believe, were the people in the chat there, like people who were super stoked about the documentary coming out. Yeah. And I know there were fans of Floating that were in there as well, but... Yeah. Um, to just see that ticker tape going of, of all these comments and the excitement. What was that like for you? What did you see when you watched that? Uh, so cool. It was like, uh, it was the finish line moment. It was oh, like, yeah, yeah it was totally. like some of the glory. <laughs> finally, cool. Cause we, we kept thinking we were going to cross the finish line for a couple of years and oh, finally crossed. And it was uh, the relief too, that it all turned out right. It felt, I love when things feel like they're meant to be, and with the collective and the launch and everything, it was like, uh, just relief. It was like sitting down after a marathon. <laughs> nice. Maybe nice. having a water. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Did, were you able to feel it? Were you able to? A little bit. I was even hesitant, not hesitant, but like I was, I had some apprehension even doing this podcast because I'm, I'm just not the float guy anymore. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still into floating, but I'm not, I hardly float recently. Is that right? Um, yeah, and it's like, uh, and funny, I'm still working on floating in my head. I cannot turn it off. In what way? I'm st- I still have a better, ver- I have a better version mm. of a float tank in my head. So probably you, couldn't help but work on that. And, and I, I wanted to ask, so you talked about shuttering the business, the you know, stand-up paddle boards going up 300% in, in sales. Now that the pandemic is waning, um, do you think about re-entering the market? You're talking about still designing it in your head. No, I think... I, I don't have mm. making float tanks. I don't have in me anymore. I just the amount of support and effort and I I can't, I can't. However, I would love like what I would do is like patent, license, endorse, work oh, on, support mm-hmm. a product because I love mm-hmm. the invention process. I love all that. Mm-hmm. I just can't run the business at this point, and I um, I'm full deep into Walker. Um, got a couple other startups going, and I'm just. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're alone. I think every float tank manufacturer, I mean, at least nine out of 10 have found like, oh, creating this is great. Building it yep. up is great. The long form part of it is brutal. And it's kind of thankless in a way because people are only coming to you when there's a problem. Yeah, you're refining with true, you're, you're refining with criticism and you're refining with hmm. things not working correctly and you're refining with m- irritation and you're, <laughs> but I mean, it's like the knife on the stone. For creating that sure. final sharp blade product, you know, right, that right. I I went through a bunch of years of that, and at this point, I would love to invent a knife and let someone <laughs> sharpen that knife. <laughs> right, yeah. totally. Uh-huh. Well, I think you kind of got to the last part of what I want to talk about, which is where the hell is Shane? What's Shane? What's Shane doing? What is this Walker business? Uh, yeah, Walker is. Uh, it's so funny. It's tape and glue for wigs and hair extensions. And my grandpa started making it, making the products in the 80s. He made the machines that made the products. Uh, I got to Walker when there was a dozen of us in 2007. And now there's like 70 of us. We're cranking. Um, and huh. we're going to be moving into a 100,000 square foot building probably late That's next year. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. It's like, it doesn't matter. Actually, it doesn't matter what business you're in as long you enjoy the product and you're working with people you like mm-hmm. to work with. And I've got mm-hmm. that. And I kind of realized that through float too, of like outside of ego, like I've, I got great things going that I'm love working on. And it allows me to work on these uh, dabble in other startups. I want to finish the other sure. film we shot and 
I'm busy. I'm enjoying. I'm, and now I'm starting to p- be picky and choosy about the, the thing I specifically do. So sure. Like, good. It, yes. Everybody should be there at some point. I mean, ideally, you know, that's the dream. I, I like the invention and the creation. Mm-hmm. And even around mm-hmm. my, just around my office now, it's like, that's what I enjoy doing. So yeah, you, I'm just diving into Walker and then I, I, I can't wait to get the other film cut. It's so yeah. It's what's awesome. this other film? I don't, I don't think I know anything about this. Yeah. So 2020 pandemic hit and the business is folding up in front of my eyes. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's not a sob story, but it, explains how this all happened but um my i promise you it's not a sob story i'm just gonna tell you why it happened just tell <laughs> so me, like, yeah, it's all okay, good so yeah my my dog dies like february um right before the pandemic pandemic hits march um my family had this weird other death of a cousin happen then my best friend dies um and then my grandma dies. And this is like in four months. And it's just like, boom, 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 boom. The business is closing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm getting, I am, I am finding my limits of what I can handle mentally as a sane person, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, I had always, I always thought it would be a cool idea to, to run a marathon in a month. Like no training. I always wanted the marathon merit badge. And I also don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to prepare and train properly. I want to crash <laughs> through this thing and see what comes of it. And I, I literally was like, uh, I grabbed together a crew of people and I was like, uh, are you guys, would you guys be interested in making a film out of me trying to run a marathon in a month? And I call my sister. I'm like, do you want to run this thing? And she's like, you do you even run? I'm like, no, I don't run. <laughs> like, no, why? It, yeah. <laughs> why would you and, ask that? It was funny when I said survive on ego, this is my ego's way of like, I don't know if it's ego or what you could make your own call, but I had to be able to grab something and control something and still have some control over some part of my life. And I could control that. I couldn't control the business, the people, the death, the sadness, but I could grab that and go. And so we put together this crew, uh, like nutrition, training, weights, and, we're, and this is, we're still wearing masks and running all around, oh, and, yeah. and, but we, we trained and ran a marathon a month. And dude, I, I don't know if you've seen the trailer online, but like I got, right. I got rhabdo, rhabdo, my rhabdo, my lysis or something. I ran until my body started eating itself. It starts eating its muscles and breaks down. I found out I had this halfway through training because I'm going to go into full detail my scrotum swelled up to like the size of a softball like this humble big. brag Jeez. <laughs> usually like grapes but this was yeah like, <laughs> from, so I, was it from running like just too yes, much activity I, over, <laughs> too, I overtrained and i wow. i overdrank so i was like i went in this marathon like screw my body screw everything yeah i was like i was drinking to cope running i was putting up like 10 milers off of a night oh. of drinking uh, over and over and over. And so anyway, it's a crash course. I found out I had rhabdo because of my scrotum swelling up, which we got, we filmed the whole process and the doctor and the doctor's like, you can't run this. This could put you in the hospital or like death. Like it's rhabdo is very serious. He's like, you cannot run this marathon. And the trainer's like, if you don't run this, mar- if you don't continue training, you will not be able to do this. So your film's over. And I just said, I just sent it. I, I said, I, okay, I won't run, but I'll walk. So I walked like 14 huh. miles. And dude, the intensity and the fear I felt, I, I, I had to make weird choices I had never had to make in my life. 
And we caught it all. That's film. insane. And I've never, yeah, awesome. <laughs> I, I would like yeah. to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, are you so? Are you going to release that right on YouTube? By the way, <laughs> might as well. We've already released yeah. floating. So <laughs> let's go. Let's. That'll be our platform. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, so we have a long cut, um, but we have to. We have to do the. It's going to take another year. We got to die. Right? And I remember Tom Bridger. Yeah. So Bridger's like, we're finishing floating, and we're cutting marathon. And I'm like, let's just drop marathon. Like, let's get floating huh. out. And yeah. So yeah, we're going to cut marathon and. There's more. There's more stuff I have, but the marathon was so cool. The glory <laughs> I, the glory I felt, dude, <laughs> crossing that finish line. And did you partially run? And you walked most? Oh, or, that's a spo- that's a spoiler. I don't. Spoiler. Okay. 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 <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I want to know. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got me. Yeah, but no, I, I I did not run the whole thing. My time was not impressive. If I even if I even did it, I don't know. <laughs> it makes for a great question. Film. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I want to watch it. Um, you've been, your face has been out there since the beginning, like on YouTube and um, you're in the documentary, which by the way, just shout out to your mom, by the way, and her sweetness and her love for you comes across <laughs> yeah. so powerfully in the movie. Um, wow. But, uh, and, and you're in this marathon, you have to kind of be the face for, for the Kickstarter of Zen Float Tent as well. Your, your brand is your face. And um, it seems like going forward, you're, stepping back out of the limelight, if you will, say that in quotation marks of your face kind of being your brand. Um, how does that affect you? Do you, do you feel like you were actually compelled to put your face out there or was it more of like, well, the YouTube is the tool, like I need my face there and it just simply is the, the tool that's necessary. You know, your face, your personality being the tool to, to move things forward. I, I used to be so caught up in who I was and like, I went to a personal branding conference thing where they taught you how to personally brand. <coughs> Excuse me. And I remember asking the teacher, like, well, how should I dress? And the guy's like, I don't know, just be you. And I remember being like, but what do they want to see? Oh, and so wow. what, a weird, what a weird take that I had where all I wanted to do was please and deliver what people wanted to see. Yeah. And so I was, I, was, I was lost in that. Like, well, they expect me to be the float guy. That means I have to be like peaceful and meditational. Oh, funny. Right, right. Yeah. And it's so funny. I was people pleasing. And then I remember feeling also like I'm not that strong of a brand because I'm not that into certain things that branding requires. I don't like hopping on TikTok or quick videos. I don't like doing a lot of stuff. And I remember feeling like other people too have important parts in everything that happens. And I remember being like, I want to be like a a part of a cast of Mm -hmm. people. And so that was a big switch. And then I, I kind of had to Miley Cyrus my whole Twitter. My Twitter thought I was the float guy. So I just started being off, not awful, but just letting it all fly on Twitter and like mm-hmm. losing followers. And oh, interesting. Just, I totally Miley Cyrus. And then I started being like, I don't, I don't know the reference. I, I mean, I know who Miley okay, Cyrus, so Miley Cyrus is, Cyrus, did she go off the rails she, a bit or what? So she was innocent child star. Oh, I see. Okay, I think I and get it. And then she ripped it open and was like, this is me, you know, like Hannah <laughs> oh, Montana. Okay. No, it's Hannah Montana to highly Myers. Oh, okay, yeah, I see. So in a very small sure. way, I just kind of shredded mine up and let everything die and let things You close. Hannah Montana had to di- it, totally. <laughs> yeah, Hannah Montana did. And then I had to, <laughs> I had to disappoint, I, I'm sure we disappointed a lot of float centers. I know we did. And mm. we, there's no directory and we didn't land where we thought we'd land. And mm. Oh, but mm-hmm. it was it was good for me. It was a cleansing of self. What was the question? Though? Yeah, because I, I don't feel a need for my face remember. to be the brand anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So whatever well, I think I'll do. 
I think and you I've, led it I, to a, a better place than my question, which is just how do you how do you feel now at the end? I mean, you, you said you know potential dis, disappointed float centers, but also seeing so much posi- positivity uh, with the premiere and so many views. Like, just how does how is the float world sitting with you right now? And where where do you sit right now? I I'm I'm good and I'm at peace and I actually love not being in the industry and releasing a film because I always worried that people thought I had like, yeah, he's doing this, but he's just out for money. I always felt that. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He likes to get people floating, but he's just trying to steal people from float centers. And I was like, no, no, no. I just want more people floating. I'm part of a pie. But now my intentions can only be clean. I have no horse in the race. (laughs) So if I'm, if I'm helping now, it's, it's, there's, they couldn't even imagine ill will. Did you actually get a lot of that feedback or was that self-talk? So we got a, this is a great, I'm glad you brought this up. I had maybe three people that told me the industry does not like you, but they pretend to like you. And I go, well, no, I know certain industry people and they're genuine people. They, you know, they know how this works. It's an ecosystem. We don't, we don't grow independently. We all lift and we all go. But there was just a handful of people that'd be like, yeah, but they they say they do, but they don't really. I, I'm part of those, and I'm like, I don't know. Um, but I, I had to just kind of balance it all. I'm sure it was all possible. And, I, and, I, and the people I do know, like yourself and a handful, I, I know their heart. Like I, I know what they're about, and it's not yeah. the money of it all. And so I, just always try, I was always curious. I was like, huh, yeah. Because we'd try and like, we would try and approach centers to sell tanks to customers that didn't want to come in or they oh, had a yeah. disability. Or, and sure, we, sure. So we just always were doing our thing. Got it. That's interesting. And interesting never hearing it for, uh, firsthand. It's uh, other people are saying or other people I feel never this did way. It firsthand. I don't I don't like that at all. Yeah, that uh, it doesn't feel way. good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would it, yeah, I I can only say what I saw and I felt and I didn't feel that at float conferences. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I mean I think you saw it um at the premiere, like I, that to me, that's what the excitement feels like. And people's view of you is, is still excited. And I, I think I have a feeling this will be a very listened to episode because I think people do care about you and they want to know the story of obviously the documentary or maybe Zen float tent, but the story of you. And especially if they've seen the documentary, like <laughs> how is he today? You know, where is he at? I think there's a lot of care this from this community about, Shane Stott, you know, <laughs> uh, that makes me feel good. And I would, I would love to join the next conference and not, oh, cool, not feel a need to be or do anything, you know, just like, I mean, ah. I highly recommend it. I have stopped having a booth um, at the conference and just going to it as Art of the Float because I just hate being locked back there. I'm not a salesy guy either. I, I also have lots of self talk about like, either like, what do they think about me or, or more so like, do they think I'm selling them instead of genuine is the part that always eats me up. And so, um, just going to the conference and just being myself and there to experience it is just way more fun. And, and, um, business, business will come or or it won't. I I don't know. Like it's just, it's more fun this way. I was just going to mention that I've really leaned into this a lot lately is in, if, when you enjoy the craft, the rest is all good. Sure. Like when you, ha- when you need to go make a buck, it changes the thing. Right. Yeah, it does. And you have to make compromises. It can change you. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Shane, thank you so much for your 
time. This has been so wonderful. This has been such a fun, insightful, difficult conversation. I really appreciate you spending the time. Thanks Dude, for joining thank us. you for having me. It feels so good just to actually get some of this stuff just off of my chest and get to speak freely. And I don't hmm. have to like prop up a biz or a movie or right. some plans right. and keep everyone happy. It's like, this is what <laughs> happened. I am sorry. I did the best I could. I truly did the best I could. I almost yeah. died, dude. <laughs> I almost <laughs> died. Not because of float specific, but like yeah. I had like uh, I had real, real dark moments of deciding nope, to go nope. on with life in general. So uh, okay. it's all worked out really good. But it was so, really testing. Like even after starting the documentary, like during that time. Yeah, like I would say oh, wow. uh, last year and early this year. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, I know it was like uh, it was just. Really, really dark moments. I, I'm here, honestly, though, because of my kids. Uh, I, I could have left everything else, um, but I could not leave my... I have two boys, five and seven. I could not leave them, mm-hmm. thank God, um, because then after I started doing um, the medicine therapies, I've done like six medicine therapies this year, and I, the, I have a genuine joy for life and a genuine... Um, a desire to keep living and I mean this is a gift now but nice. there was a there was a so happy to hear that there's a lot of time where I, I was wishing something would take me out because then I wouldn't be responsible for it and I'd be done it was dark that's <sighs> <sighs> brutal man it was, it um, was. that hits home um, you know I do want to just give you one last moment to have a platform if there's anything else you want to share with the with this is the float community i mean business owners float business owners is there anything you want to share or something that we missed you want to leave people with or make sure that we cover while you have this platform no i uh i i i don't i guess i don't have any influence over what people think but i hope it i hope they trust. <laughs> I hope. That's all I can do is hope that the they trusted that I did my best and the intentions were good, hmm. um, because this is how it, it all worked out. But I feel like I I didn't come through the way I thought I would, and I made promises I couldn't deliver on. Mm-hmm. But I hope between a film, a book, a product, and some hype, I hope I really helped the industry grow. And I'm not. I kind of feel like. Uh, I kind of feel like everything worked out in a great way because the industry needs a shot in the arm and the film and the float collective mm. might be that shot to kind of get everything moving. And I think it all worked out great. Um, but I have enjoyed the sort of the mission I felt like I was given. <laughs> it's been fun. Great, man. I love yeah. that. Um, now I'm going to step over your last words here and I probably shouldn't as a good interviewer, <laughs> but I, but, but, uh, I, I do, I do still hear in your voice, like, um, I'll just say like trepidation or potential, um, maybe insecurity would be a good word of, um, how people are viewing you and what you've put out there. And, um, first of all, they're just always going to be people who, who naysay, you know, or who don't like you. And, um, you've done incredible things. You have done things that I couldn't dream of producing, you know, like, uh, whether it's Zen Float Tent, the documentary, or just putting yourself out there on YouTube at the very beginning, like you were doing things <laughs> that nobody nobody thought of and you were innovating and I, I hope that you can I don't want to say sleep well but like have security in that that you are an absolute trailblazer doing amazing things and um, there you will not do anything impressive 
making everybody happy. You know, that that's never going to happen, especially selling right. a product, by the way. That's just never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope that you can find peace and, and not just peace, but pride in, in what you've done um, for the industry, but also for yourself, like you said, of sharpening your own blade. Yeah. I, Dylan, this has actually been a healing thing for me. And I, and I think being around the float community in person again would also heal. And, uh, and I do feel good about everything. And I, but there is some insecurity about how it all went down. But hmm. it was all worth it, man. Life is great. Nice. I'm so happy to hear that. Life is, <sighs> life is good. Shane, thank you. Thank you for joining Th- today. Thank I you. I truly appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll do some outro stuff in a different cut here because it just doesn't feel right. So <laughs> thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll see you uh, in another six years. We'll have you back on as our, our regular guest. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. There you have it. That is my conversation with Shane Stott. And once again, just Shane, thank you so much for being such an open book. And I mean, just joining us in the first place, but then just being so open to talk about anything and everything that was wonderful to, to learn more about you. And it, and it was cathartic. It was a really meaningful episode for me. So thank you, Shane. Thanks to everybody for listening to this episode. I hope this was uh, insightful for everybody else and valuable for everybody else as well. Uh, thanks to <laughs> thanks to my co-host for letting me have this one as a one-on-one interview. I appreciate that. And uh, thanks to Olga for setting this up, for producing the show. Thanks to you for supporting us on Patreon. That means a ton to us. It means we get to have these episodes. And, uh, of course, also because of our sponsors. So, again, thanks to Helmba and thanks to the FTA for supporting us on this episode. Thanks to Mindful Solutions. That's Mindful2Ls.Solutions, Kim's business, where she's helping you with your social media and, and a whole lot more, branding, all of that. Thanks to Deepest Darkest for making our theme song. I need to shout them out more often. And gosh, I think that's about it. Thanks for joining us on this one. And as always, I hope that you guys find whatever your spark is that makes you light up and live life to its fullest. We'll see you next week.